Hi, my name is Robert McMahon. I'm the Connection Director here at Covenant Church, and I'm thrilled that you're listening. If you're checking us out for the first time, welcome. We're so glad that you're here, and I'd like to take this chance to invite you to let us know that you're tuning in today. We'd love nothing more than to help you start building meaningful relationships and to join you on the journey of faith. Just go to bgcovenant.org connect and let us know how we can be in touch. With that said, let's dive in and listen together to this week's message. Morning, church. Um, that song undoes, it just undoes me. Um, his words, I was praying for this uh, sermon this morning and just thinking about Galatians 5 and what it means to me to exhibit the fruit of Jesus in my life. Every time I think about it, I get convicted because I realize how far away I am from where he wants me to be, but I'm also encouraged that I see progress of his life in me. I'm going to read it again, Galatians 5, 22 through 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. I've probably read this verse, I don't know, maybe a thousand times over my 40-some years of knowing Jesus, and every time I read it, it's, it's almost like a rubric for me of what I should be looking for myself and others. When Terrence and I met uh, a few months ago and asked the question, what is, how do we know that we're maturing in Christ? How do we know that it's working? Are we, are we teaching the right things? Are we, as a church, focused on the right things? And it really came, came, came down to this scripture. Are we seeing fruit come from what we're doing here and in your lives and in my life? One of the quotes I think Kyle gave a few weeks ago, I want to put a few of these back up again to remind us, Christianity is not about behavior, but it's your identity in Christ. And here's a big but, but identity will, fall, will drive behavior. It's not the other way around. You can't behave your way into the kingdom. You're there because of Christ in you. Behavior happens because Christ is in you, the Holy Spirit's in you. The order is important. And it's really important not to get it wrong. So being a Christian means the resurrection of power and the power of Jesus Christ flows over you, Christ living in you. Now, these are things you, most of you, if not all of you know, uh, I just want to remind you of these this morning because, again, every day you wake up, Christ should be in control of your life. And how do you know? Well, do you have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, forbearance? Those things happening in your life at a greater level every day. John 14 says, truly, truly, I say to you, this is Jesus speaking, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will I do, will he do, because I am going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. I read this, and I'm just blown away. Here's the Son of God. Here's God incarnate on the earth with his disciples, and the people around him, and he says these words later in his life, that greater works will you do than even I did, because I will give you my Holy Spirit. I will give you my life in you. And fruit should pop out from that. So in this series, we're talking about each of the fruits. Last week, it was love and joy. This week, it's going to be on peace and patience, which for me is probably extremely convicting. Um, There's a lot of things that fight against us in these two behaviors. But I will say this, as I kind of alluded to earlier, the fruit of the Spirit will not ripen in our lives overnight. As we mature in our faith, 
all the characteristics of our spiritual fruits will grow as well. We should see more of these fruits happen. And if you don't know, ask your wife or husband or your friends or your kids, is, are, this, is it, are these fruit, are these behaviors really happen with me in a greater measure than they did last year or the year before? The thing I'm amazed about fruit is it just pops out. You can't make fruit. It comes. Where does it come from? Well, it comes from God ultimately. Uh, I was just recently in Winter Garden Park and I looked at some berry bushes uh, kind of stuffed on the side with all the weeds and there were... Me and the grandkids picked a few of those and ate them. They were really sweet. And they were not planted there. I'm pretty sure of that. Those were planted by a bird. Ate some berries, flew overhead, dropped them on the ground, and these things just came. You can't make it happen. I mean, you can try. And even if you plant something, God is the one that brings the sun, the rain, to make them grow. So we can plant roots, but sometimes they grow all on their own. And that's kind of what should be happening with your life, is the fruit of the Spirit as in Galatians 5, are those things happening? Do you have to work them up? You shouldn't have to work them up too much. It should begin to happen. It should be noticeable. This week I'm going to focus, as I mentioned, on peace and patience. I'm going to hit peace first. Peace, uh, it, the word peace and many, frame, many uh, iterations of it are in the Bible 429 times. So is peace important? I think the Holy Spirit and the Lord would say, yeah, peace is important. And peace in the Greek... Irene means one, quietness, and rest, something that doesn't necessarily define me very well. I like to be active. No laughing, some of you folks. Um, To be at peace is an amazing thing, and only God can really provide that. God is a source of peace. I'm not. I can't make it happen in my life. Neither can you in yours. And on one of his names, uh, it's Yahweh, Shalom, which means the Lord is peace. The Lord is peace. The Lord is peace. It's one of the strongest human desires. Peace on earth. Personal peace. Peace between nations. Peace between neighbors. Peace within our own minds as we wrestle. Peace is listed in top three characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, and patience. I'll talk about patience in a little bit. It's hard to have patience if you haven't got peace. So these things kind of build on it. Hard to have peace if you don't have love and joy. So as you read through these, they're kind of a building up of these characteristics that we should be exhibiting in Christ because, again, the Holy Spirit is resident in us. And God's called us as Christians, as those that love Him, to be peacemakers. Now, God doesn't promise He'll take the trials away or the pain. He does, however, promise that He is with us even in the hardest of circumstances, that one of my favorite scriptures is Psalm 23. I think, Kyle, you even did a book on Psalm 23. It was just awesome to explore what is said in this scripture. I'm going to read the whole psalm, and I'm going to focus on these words in verse 4. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. But. Even though I walk through the shadow of valley of death, a crappy place, a hard place, a fearful place, maybe a dangerous place, even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you rescued me? Well, he might. No, really, because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So in the midst of all your trouble, all the th- challenges of your life, financial difficulty, I'll, we'll listen a few more later, God is with you. That's the important part. He prepares a table for us in the midst of and in presence of my enemies. He doesn't 
pull the enemies away necessarily. He prepares a table so you can dine safely. You can eat in the presence of your enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Quite a promise. So over the last year or so, we've experienced, I would say unprecedented, but I think every, every life, every season uh, of this human existence has these seasons of difficulty. World War II is not much fun either. But we had a lot of global anxiety last year. People stressed about pandemic, masking, not masking, shot, no shot, political and racial unrest, finances, children, work, relationships, personal sickness, the list goes on. And I think for a lot of you, it's probably been a really challenging year. And it's difficult to find peace in the midst of the valley of darkness, of the valley of pandemic, of the valley of personal challenges. Second Thessalonians says this in 3.16, Now the Lord of peace himself give you peace by all means. The Lord be with you all. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7 said, We are told, be anxious for nothing. Easier said than done, huh? But in everything... By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God, and the peace of God, peace of God, will suppra- which surpasses all understanding, doesn't make sense. Why should you be at peace when things are going to falling around you? Well, because God is with you. And the peace of God, which surpasses, surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. God's perfect peace is an amazing gift. It's a gift. It's a fruit that comes out. It's hard to understand. How can people find peace of mind and peace of spirit? Well, having peace means you will not have conflict. It doesn't mean you won't have stress or difficult times. Peace is knowing that our God's in control. You don't throw that one up there easy? Having peace doesn't mean you will not have conflict, stress, or difficult times. Peace is knowing that our God's in control. This next picture... Um, you know, most, most I'm sure know the story. They're in a the boat crossing the Sea of Galilee. A storm kicks up, and the boat's swamped, and the disciples are fearing for their lives, and Jesus is asleep in the bow of the boat, which is amazing, because he knows that his Father's with him. And whatever happens, he's comfortable with the Father's decision for his life. So they had to wake him up. Jesus, don't you see? We're being swamped by the waves, and he said, oh, you little faith, and he calms the sea, which God can do in our lives. Sometimes he'll do that. Sometimes he'll calm the sea. And sometimes he'll just be with us in the midst of the sea, of the storm. John 14, 27 said, peace I leave with you. Jesus, again, talking about peace. My peace I give to you. It's a gift. Not as the world gives. You don't have to earn it. Do I give to you? Let your hearts not be troubled neither let them be afraid. Now, this is in the context of him eventually going to the cross and being brutalized and killed. And his disciples were um, also some brutalized and killed later in their lives. And he says this to them, do not be anxious. So how to get peace? I try to boil it down to four things. One, spend time in prayer. Talk to God. Cry out to God. Just cry out your hurts and anxieties. Have an honest conversation with God, which I believe is what prayer is all about. And the peace that can comfort you during this time comes from the Holy Spirit within us. As you cry out to God, He can give you peace. Also, read the Word. Know what the Bible says about peace. Know what the Bible says about anxiety. How do you deal with this? Memorize some scriptures. Know the Word. 
And spend fellowship time with your brothers and sisters. Be with other people. Don't be alone. When things are really tough, don't crawl into a ball and, and go into a dark room by yourself. Be with people. It's therapeutic. It's, it's good to share your burdens, share your fears, the things that are hurting you, and let them encourage you. And lastly, rest in Him. Just spend time and rest in Him without talking. Just, Lord, be with me. Let me lay down in green pastures with you. Um, I'm going to quote someone here in our church that told my wife this recently about looking at the future and being anxious. And this is an interesting concept. Do not live in the destruction of your future. Don't think about what could happen and fret about it. Stay up all night worrying about it. Live for today. Don't live in the future of your destruction. Don't live in the destruction of your future. Otherwise, you'll never be at peace. Live in the trust in God. Okay, we hit patience now. Tough one for me. Patience is a person's ability to wait for something or endure something tedious without getting riled up. I like this quote. Without getting riled up. It's easy to get upset. Having patience means you can remain calm even when you've been waiting forever or dealing with something painstakingly slow or trying to help someone work through a challenge, teaching something, some, somebody something new, working with your children when they're just not quite getting it. Well, but really, who has time for patience? We all are busy. All of us have been told at some point in our time, hey, just be patient, chill out, take, take time. In our age of instant gratification with all of us got... These are the devices. I got one on my wrist. I got one on my... There's, there's always something that can interrupt your day and give you uh, a reason why not to be patient. For most people, I would say all, patience can be difficult in certain circumstances, whether it's waiting in a doctor's office, past your appointed time, waiting in traffic, or trying to get the kids to do their chores, get them ready for school in the morning. Patience is hard to come by. One of my favorite scriptures also, you hear me say a lot, Romans 12, 12, it's actually written on our kitchen wall. It says, rejoice in hope, patient in affliction, and constant in prayer, which is kind of a formula. Have hope. Expect God to be with you in the future. Expect God to be with you now. Be patient in affliction. When things aren't going well, just settle in. Be patient. Don't try to necessarily run from it and maybe be part of what God's bring into your life at that moment to teach you something, to help you grow up in Him, help you mature, help more fruit pop out, and be constant in prayer. Always be talking to God. Psalm 37 says, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. It's the formula for patience. How do we develop patience? We can cultivate patience in relationship with the loved ones, practice it. Patience is waiting with grace. It's what enables us to live in a demanding world and still have love, joy, and peace and all the other fruits of the Spirit. But patience is much easier said than done. We just need to work on it. We need to exercise that patience muscle. Romans 8.26 says, But if we hope for what we do not yet have, and in patience, we wait for it patiently instead of being impatient. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through the wordless groans. God provides a recipe for us in all seasons, in all moments, to be at peace. We just have to listen to Him and trust His Word. Now, as I was doing this, putting this together, I got a picture of 
uh, family that didn't ex- experience patience, even though they had promises. Uh, Abraham and Sarah, you guys know the story. God, in Genesis 15, God promises Abram he'll have offspring. Abram's older and his wife's older. He's okay. And Sarah, his wife, bore no children right away. So like a lot of us, she took matters in her own hands. Said, hey, I got, a, I got an idea. It's not working with me. How about my servant, Haggai, Hagar? And so uh, Abram was with Hagar, and they, they bore Ishmael. In Genesis 17, God changes Abram's name to Abraham and Sarah to Sarah and promises, again, your offspring will be kings. He promises Sarah specifically you're going to have a son even though she was already impatient. And it was through Isaac that came from that union that kings did come, including the king of kings. <clears throat> so I was thinking about this and what kind of good story would I have or an example of patience and a book in the Bible called Job, amazingly patient man went through the ringer and God allowed him to go through the ringer. He went through the valley of darkness unquestionably. So I started thinking about that uh, I think a couple Wednesdays ago, and the next morning, only the humor of God would do this, and the the grace of God, I get a text, Libby and I, from someone that struggled with health issues, chronic levels of high pain and disappointment with having a school career paused. In the midst of going through yet another procedure, uh, God gave, uh, uh, to help with the pain, God gave our precious sister this text. And I'm going to read it to you, and I'll have an excerpt for part of it up there. Spending time in the book of Job, which I thought was interesting because that was the night I was in it, the past couple mornings, and something struck me this morning is especially important. My physical health is one of the few things in my life that forces me to remember the importance of worshiping God instead of worshiping happy factors, such as good health. If I'm worshiping God, my health can be bad, and I can still be full and content. Hope found in Jesus and not the current state of my body is only possible when I let go of this false cultural gospel narrative that working hard enough or praying hard enough or being good enough means I cannot run the curse of human condition. We all experience brokenness. That's our shared humanity. I can forget that my health is part of my human condition. And I'll finish the text here. And not necessarily based on what I do or don't do specifically. I don't know if you experience this too. I said amen to that. I do experience this too. But sometimes in my physical weakness and brokenness, I experience shame because like others, living life with good health must have, have, must have something figured out in their walk with Jesus that I don't. That's just not true. Peace comes from within, from the Holy Spirit. It's a fruit. And uh, Jackie Burns wrote that to us last week as she was just finishing a procedure down in Columbus for her back. So I'm going to wrap it up here. How do you get patience? Kind of similar to peace. Spend time in prayer. Study the Word. Know the Bible. Memorize the Scriptures that are relevant to, to patience in this particular situation. Fellowship with your friends. Spend time with others. Express your impatience. Be vulnerable. Fellowship with your brothers and sisters and rest in Him. Just rest. When you're behind some jerk in front of you in the road that's slow down because of traffic and is gawking, slow down. You'll get there. You can't speed up the guy ahead of you. 
and be patient. Whatever your trigger is, whatever that causes you to get impatient, take control by the Holy Spirit. Join with me in prayer as we wrap it up here. Father, just thank you so much for this time to share. Lord, I, I pray that it has been less of me and more of you this morning. That God, your peace, your patience would pop out of us more easily, more regularly because the Holy Spirit you gave us, you left us with your Spirit, that greater works can we do, including exhibiting these fruit in our lives because we know whose we are. We're yours, Lord. So God be with my friends this morning, bless each one of them and encourage them this day and protect them all in Jesus' name. Amen. Hi again. Just a reminder to let us know that you're listening by heading over to bgcovenant.org connect. If you're ready to be known, we'd love to know you. And we hope you'll join us soon, every Sunday, in person or online. Thanks for listening.